this is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. All right, it's good to get back to the game after missing a week. Cool. Uh, do you guys remember where you are? Let's see. Putting the mural board, Parson Val and Machus. We're just planning on either stealing the Imperial Mirror Ball, blowing up the Star Trek shipyards, or well, when did each other posts show up? Yeah, I added them um, after reading through uh, the notes you and Bob had posted. Um, I realized that um, while you had while you had jotted it down during the session, you totally did not up- you forgot to update the mirror board with some of the other information you guys had. Oh, crap, you're right. Mickey the Gear got picked up in that last raid. We got a buster out of space jail. Of course. Never leave a partner behind. All right, then. Let's see uh, what other notes we have. Don't worry. All my updates are tagged on the board. Excellent. And with that, welcome to the 472nd episode of the Mr. Mark podcast. Tonight, we discuss recaps in your tabletop role-playing games. On the way, we take your comments, examples, discussions live from the chat room for, chat room for life on Twitch before jumping into the after show. But first... My name is Jerry. My name is Phil. And I am Old Man Logan. Hello, ooh. and once again, welcome back to... Ooh, ooh, me Park first. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> no, it's fine. Do the temperature check. Just do me first. Yes, always. I always lead with you, Phil. So let's do the temperature check and see how everybody's feeling. Phil. How am I feeling? I am full with a white hot rage tonight. Um, I'm going to just drag the soapbox out for a moment. Feel free to fast forward if you're not into politics, little content warning. But anyway, I'm furious tonight, um, today, yesterday, after the SCOTUS leak, not about the leak, fuck that, the leak was an act of uh, whatever, but I'm furious about the um, potential overturning of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court, and I use the word supreme in the uh, most ironic way possible. Um, fantastic that for the first time ever, the Supreme Court will restrict rights rather than give rights. And what a wonderful time to roll back what has been what has been almost the entire course of my lifetime, a right that all women have had, uh, only to be rolled back by a bunch of Christo fascists. So fuck them. Fuck the states that are going to dogpile this decision when it happens. And here's what I say, women who are trapped in states that don't protect your rights, don't sleep with conservative men. Just cut them off. Don't sleep with them. Become lesbians. Just don't don't provide access for those kinds of men. Fuck them. They shouldn't have rights to your bodies. So don't give them any access to the bodies either. In the meantime... I have the only modicum of comfort I have is that I live in a state that has actual protective rights so that my daughter is protected from this ridiculousness. And like, I pretty much am going to have a checklist of states that I'm not stepping foot into for quite some time. Now, if the Democrats would just get off their asses, knock this filibuster thing down and pass some actual reproductive rights, followed up by some election rights, I'd be all in, all in. In the meantime, I'm shaving up some soap to make some Molotov cocktails because I got to do something to contain this rage. Otherwise, I think I'm doing all right. Physically feel fine. How about you, Bob? 
Yeah, I um, I'm, I'm, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. That's uh, it's it's been a long day looking at stuff on Twitter and 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 trying to wrap my brain around how we've gotten to where we are and uh, and I don't need to say any more on that because it's already been said. Um, so mentally, I'm a little off, um, but you know, other than that, uh, I would have been mentally pretty good. Um, me too. Me too. Was pretty good was too. doing pretty good up to this point. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So we're gonna, you know, after we get through with uh, with Jerry's update here, we're gonna we're gonna buck up, we're gonna lighten up, and we're gonna get in and do a show. Jerry, how you feeling? I'm a little tired. This is the week that I get up extra early to go teach class all week. Uh, but uh, physically, but mentally, uh, I was lucky enough to be teaching class all day, so I didn't see any of that shit until like five thirty tonight. So um, I'm still just really it's everything Phil said and then some I'm just I don't know yeah at this point I just, there, there's nothing more to say just fuck them <laughs> fuck those conservative fascist Christian assholes all right anyway moving cool. on fuck rant over time for a show I believe yeah. we have a couple of announcements we do indeed first up the Brindlewood Bay Kickstarter continues to dominate what a fantastic job the gauntlet team is doing jason and the gauntlet team um it's well over 200k at this point it's just knocking down one um stretch goal after another super exciting and if that wasn't exciting enough next week uh live so next week on the live show so that'll be uh, May 10th for the live show. Jason Cordova will be joining us to talk about hey. mysteries. Awesome. Um, I'm going to be starting the prep for that show shortly. Um, but we'll, if you haven't, um, we haven't done an interview for a while. So just so that you know, um, we'll do, um, we'll do about six questions, three before the half, three after the half um, about mysteries um, with Jason, uh, Mysteries are a big part of Brindlewood Bay and Jason's got a really um, cool take on them. And that's what we want to talk about um, for the show. So it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be the normal GMing advice, but um, we're going to get Jason's insights on mysteries and running mysteries uh, and all of that, Uh, as well as Jason's going to tell us all about uh, Brindlewood Bay, about the Kickstarter and all of that. So that's all happening. Um, that's all happening next week. I am super excited. Uh, I have gotten the chance to hang out on the uh, mics once before with Jason and got scolded, um, severely by Chris for running way over time. Um, (laughs) I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping we will have, I'm hoping we'll, we'll contain it a bit better. The gauntlet folks are very good at keeping, um, things orderly. We are not nearly as disciplined, but anyway, um, that's Brindlewood Bay. Uh, there's another project. I think it's struggling. Um, the Blade Runner RPG Kickstarter um, funded struggling, in I believe three yeah. three minutes, right? Struggle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm curious to see what that's going to be like. Uh, I think we talked about this a little bit in the Slack room. I liked yeah. the first Blade Runner movie, and I'm just not sure what you would do as a role playing game with a group of people. I'm, I'm hoping that I, I haven't gotten looked at the Kickstarter page because again I've yeah. been like I've been seething yeah. all day, but I'm hoping mm-hmm, that yeah. that's actually covered because this is uh, free league. So one, um, the game's going to be good. The quality of the game is going to be excellent, yeah. um, and it is it is a um, it's a no brainer if you're going to back it. Like 
Yeah. They their stuff is on time. It yep. is well communicated. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. excellent quality, shipped quickly, like all of it. Like as a product, I think it's going to be fantastic. But I have the same I have the same question Jerry has. Yeah, and yeah. I just haven't had time to look it up. Like, what do you yeah. what do I, you I'm, do in the game? I'm, I'm sure they've got this covered. I'm also curious to see because there's this whole semi-official theory that the Kurt Russell movie Soldier is part of the Blade Runner universe. Also, that's bullshit. <laughs> So we'll have to, so, we'll you know, see. we'll be checking it out, but again, Blade Runner, like I said, it's free league yeah. funded in three minutes. Um, if you want to support it and get all the stuff like the day it drops, it's great. If you don't, don't yeah. worry about it. They're a huge company. Every, like all that stuff is going to be available on their yep. store. It'll be yeah, there. I've got it up on the screen right now. And for the people listening in radio land, um, it, it, like we said, it funded in three minutes. There's 22 days to go. They've already got, this is banking just on the free league name alone, I'm sure. They've got 7,726 backers, and it's made 795,000 out of their 10,000, um, whatever, kroners or whatever the the, the unit yeah. of. Uh, so, like, th- this thing is just exploding. So, um, They're doing that fine. is uh-huh. no surprise from free league. Um, it's a hot, it's a hot property. Blade Runner is a very, very, uh, um, oh yeah, a beloved film to a lot of people. It's you know some good sci-fi stuff. So you know you take all of that and you wrap it up with freely and and you know like here we go. You know so no no big surprise there. But I'm sure they have something just, figured out to make it viable for a group to oh, do their. I'm just excited to see what they do with the setting. I think the yeah. setting has just the the setting and backstory. That, that's. As somebody who didn't read a lot of like Mona Lisa Overdrive and all that kind of stuff, like Blade Runner was like my cyberpunk. I mean, that was what cyberpunk was for me when I started playing the role playing game. Like all of our games looked and felt like Blade Runner with, you know, just more guns. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, so. Yeah. Again, the thing I'll be the most curious about is figuring out exactly what you all, Mm -hmm. what do you all do? But then again, like after that, like, I mean, it's it's free league man like it's free league it's gonna be they're gonna do it's gonna be great so if you back it um you're not gonna be disappointed next one last on my list this one is not even out yet this is a coming soon and very soon coming soon to kickstarter uh is mutants in the next which is the supplement to mutants in the now really um we've talked about it a bunch it is going to be um, a supplement that includes uh, human mutants, wild mutations, new species, uh, psionics, and even more stuff. Uh, wow. And the real cool. coup here is, so first of all, they got um, Fabio Fantas, who was the um, original artist back. So if you've seen the original game, you've seen Fabio's work. But then they also got Sophie Campbell, who is, um, I believe, the artist for IDW's TMNT comic is also going to be doing artwork for this game. So this, like adds a bit of a coup like to be able to land like you know to land the TMT um not that I again they, they won't have TMT stuff in it but here's a person who absolutely knows how to draw some mutant animals. Um and absolutely knows the genre of this game. Um so anyway, that's coming to Kickstarter. We have a link. We'll put it in so that you can be notified when the um Kickstarter goes live. You know we'll be talking about it and Fingers crossed, we may do another interview um, as well before that Kickstarter uh, campaign ends. But not, I'm not, cool. not going to commit to anything yet. I got to go check the... Yeah, um, no promises. 
the calendars and all of that. But um, that would also be fun to do. Cool, cool. All right. Oh, that'll bring boy, us to buddy. The I'm spent. Then. I gotta, I gotta really, I gotta dig deep for this one. <laughs> Just keep it short. Grind one out. Ready? Okay, go. I gotcha. Yep. Workshop, workshop. We're doing recaps. What happened last week? We're gonna find out. We're gonna talk about it. How do you make recaps that are useful that help your game so that your next session, the session you're in, goes over well? Well, we're gonna talk about it tonight here in the workshop. And don't suck. I don't think it was my best work. Okay. I just I, I don't have the heart for it tonight, man. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. I apologize to our listeners. Like, still I'm reeling from the rest of the shit. So, all right, go ahead. Let's get into it. All right. Well, last week we talked about the contributions for your games, and one of the things we mentioned was the use of recaps. So we thought tonight we'd take a more in-depth look at recaps, talk about different ways to do them, as well as what to put into them. And along the way, we're going to type your questions, we'll answer some of our own in the roundtable. And pretty much just go over the things we like about recaps. So, Bob? Yeah. All right, cool. So, of course, with definitions as part of the uh, the whole process here, we got to do our thing for Phil. There we go. Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. All right. Whew. Let's start with the key term for tonight, recap, uh, which is state again as a summary or to recapitulate which brings us to the word recapitulate, summarizing and stating again the main points of. So in RPGs, the recap is a summary of what happened in the previous sessions of the game. Uh, if, we're, if we're equating this to TV, this is the previously on TV show, right? And we get our little recap. Um, in most cases, our recap focuses on what happened in the previous session, the one that just, you know, the one that we just played. Um, but sometimes uh, might include um, information or events from sessions even further back than that. Um, you know, on TV shows, when they do that, when they bring back information from like several episodes or a season before, you know, some shit's going down on mm -hmm. the, on the series, you know, on the seat on the episode that night. Um Recaps are most often done right before the upcoming session, often occupying the first few minutes of that um, that current session. And we'll talk about that's not always true, but we'll talk about some uh, some things around that. Uh, let's talk about continuity, the maintenance of continuous action and self consistent detail in the various scenes of a movie or broadcast. RPG in RPGs, continuity is what ensures that facts and events that take place in previous sessions have consequences and are carried forward into future sessions. For instance, if the Baron was assassinated in the previous session, then they should be dead in the current, in the session that you're about to play. And if not, there had better be an explanation for how and why they're alive that fits with the fact that they were actually assassinated last session, mm -hmm. right? That's continuity. Otherwise, in the absence of continuity, nothing makes fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. like, like today. Um, anyway, um, shared narrative space. This is a, um, this is a misdirected Mark, um, coined term. Shared narrative space is the imagined, the imagined construct that contains the location and setting of the game containing where the characters are and what things are around them. Sounds, smells, textures, as well as other beings as imagined by the whole group, Right. Each of us has our own imagination, like our own picture and our imagination of what's going on in the game. But the shared imaginative space is the details of 
that space that we all understand, right? Um, that we all know where the, you know, that this room has a staircase, all that stuff. Um, yep. Shared shared narrative space is really important because when it's not there, um, people start saying things that make sense to them, but look really weird uh, to everybody else. So shared narrative space is an important construct that we try to keep in the game. We did a whole episode about this uh, many, 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 many episodes ago. May someday wind up on a Redux episode. It's probably a good one to come back to and talk about sometime. Definitely. All right. So with all of that, what role do recaps play in our games, Jerry? Well, the recap is going to do a number of things. Um, it does it in a very short amount of time if it's done right. So let's look at a few things that they do, Phil. Yeah. The recap's main purpose is to enforce continuity. By restating what happened in the previous session, we help everyone to remember what happened, and in doing so, helps us to act accordingly in the current episode. Going back to our um, assassinated Baron, if the Baron was assassinated in the last session, and we recap that, right, as we're doing our recap, don't forget the Baron was assassinated, the players start the game with the knowledge that the Baron was assassinated. This helps to prevent someone from taking an action, which is not possible in the game, causing further disruption or in the terms of um, Sir Topham Hat, confusion and delay. Um, for instance, someone starts the game by setting a scene where they're talking to the Baron, much to the confusion of the rest of the group. Um, and then it requires like some time to straighten out that player. Like, Oh, don't you remember? Like the Baron got killed. He was assassinated. Oh, right. I can't do that. Oh, what am I going to do for the scene? I was totally going to like, that's the disruption we're talking about. So we're enforcing continuity by doing our recaps. What else, Jerry, does recaps do for us? And the next thing it's going to do is it's going to fill in any gaps in that shared narrative space. This is the place where we get to fill in the details that may have been missed the past session. Uh, for example, Bob's character talked to the barmaid, but forgot her name. In the recap, Jerry mentions that her name was Alex, because we've got that in our notes. In some cases, these details may have been missed by a single player, as their attention may have been somewhere else at the moment. In other cases, it may just be a detail that was omitted in play due to any number of reasons. For example, the group was talking to Alex the barmaid and would have asked for their name in conversation, but a fight broke out, and in the GM's excitement, they forgot to mention Alex's actual name. <clears throat> it could also be that it was mentioned, and a different player took the information down and has it available, and the, other, the first player just didn't catch it. The recap is the perfect place to fill that in. Hey, last session, that barmaid you were talking to, their name was Alex. Yeah, exactly. Another use for the recap is to remind the group of any key facts that may be pertinent to the current session. For instance, in the, past, in the previous session, the players lost a case of ammo when retreating from a gunfight. And then the, sense, then the session ended with them low on ammo and their supply lost. During the recap for the current session, you bring this fact up to remind the players that they are low on ammo, something that's likely to be important as we open the game up and start playing. Yep. Finally, this is here to help the players get back into the mindset of where we were in the last session. Because in order to get the session going, we need to transition from the social and setup aspects of the game into the playing of the game. And the recap is a great ritual for marking that transition in the playing of the game itself, and it requires everybody's attention, and that calms the table. And that's conclusion. It's a perfect transition to the opening of the first scene. Yeah. So without a doubt, recaps are definitely useful. So Phil, what are some of the different types of re recaps that we can actually do? Yeah, there's a number of different types of recaps that can be done. 
Um, the first element to consider is who is giving the recap. Well, we have the GM recap first. In the GM recap, the GM prepares and prevents the recap of past events. Um, this has the advantage that the GM has both their prep notes and their in-game notes. That gives them a large base of information that they can use to craft the recap. The GM can also use this to fill in information that may have been overlooked, and they can use to remind players of information that will be important in the upcoming session. They can make sure to say certain things, use certain keywords, mention certain topics, even drop certain clues or remind them so the players are in that mindset as the game gets going. But the disadvantage is that this is going to be additional work for the GM, and the GM doesn't really know what the players remember and what they don't off the top of their head. Yeah, so I mean, I just to tack on to that. So either they put stuff in that the players know and the players are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they forget to put something in the players forgot. Um, the other one, which I forgot to put on there was, as I was writing this out, is the GM could um, potentially put in more info than the players actually learned. Right. Sometimes the GM, I mean, the GM always knows more than the players, but the GM may forget like, oh, that part didn't come up, even though it was supposed to in their prep whatever, like, oh, that part didn't come up. And then they like wind up writing it into the recap. And the players are like, say what? Like that's, that's, that's why having an NPC in the party is always help when I do GM recaps. Cause I can just say, oh no, no, so-and-so knew that. And is telling you that now they figured right. that out while you, yeah. while you guys, while you, while you guys were busy interrogating the paladin, Esley was talking to the barmaid and found out this information here. Yeah. It's always good. All right. Um, if the GM was the first person who could do the re- to the, do the recap, the other one would be the player. Um, In the player recap, one or more of the players provide a recap from the past events. The advantages, it's less work for the GM. Honestly, just one less thing the GM has to take care of. Um, Two, it'll highlight things the players did not know or remember from the last session. As the GM listens to the recap, the GM be like, whoa, aren't you going to mention the, you know, the box of death? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, the box of death. That's right. You know, that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so it, it is helpful in that respect because the GM can absolutely kind of hear back from the players. Um, also, I'll say is another advantage, which I didn't have um, listed here, is that um, players often editorialize in their recaps what's going on, like making like conclusions or, you know, um, coming up with theories of things. So the GM also gets like an insight on what the players are thinking. Uh, yeah. Like, and that actually can help them understand like, what where the players perceive the game is going and allow the GM to do some shaping um, if necessary. Uh, when the, the players have a better idea than you did when you come. Yeah, you know, then like you that, just you just that's a better solution. Yeah, yeah. just that uh, sounds way better. Uh, the disadvantage is that um, you may have to slow like this may take longer if the GM has to correct or amend parts of the recap, right? Like all of a sudden have to be like, well, what about the box of death, guys? Oh, right, right, the box of death or you know, they mention like the GM mentions a name and then everybody looks at them blankly and the GM's like, oh, all right, hang on. You remember when you were like in this room? Yes. Yeah. And there was this thing. Oh, right, right, right. That thing's, you know, whatever. So it could take a little bit of um, could take a little bit more work. And and so uh, but I have a fix for that. We'll talk about later on. Sure. That solves that problem. Well, mm-hmm. although it doesn't solve it, but makes it less of a problem. But first, we're going to talk about groups. Because in this style, the entire group contributes to the recap, the players and the GM. The GM can facilitate the discussion by asking what happened in the previous session and then fills in details and prompts the players when there are gaps. The advantage mm-hmm. is that this can get to create a full and robust recap. It allows the GM to prompt different players for their perspectives. It allows players to discuss what's going on initially so that they can fill in gaps themselves. 
what the disadvantage is it's going to take more time than the other two methods because everybody's involved. You're going to have some back and forth. Yep. All right. So that's who's doing the recap. Um, mm -hmm. The next thing is what style is the recap being given in? Well, you can just do the plain style, but just a recap that's a statement of facts and details from the last session. Hey, guys, last session, the Baron was assassinated, and you found out that the Baron was assassinated by somebody that you know. You just don't know who. There's no embellishment. This can be a bit boring. Hopefully, you don't do it quite as monotone as I did there. But it can be done pretty quickly, but it's giving them the basic facts that they need. Yeah. However, you read yeah. a, little, a little more lively than that. But yes, <laughs> that is... Uh, that is the just the facts, ma'am. Um, the dragnet. I was going to use the dragnet version, but most of our listeners are too young to understand that. And if you are old enough to understand the dragnet reference, uh, also go get your COVID booster. Mm -hmm. Yes. The other way that you can do your um, the other style that you can do your recap is stylized. Stylized recap is one that is presented presented with some narrative elements or embellishments. Uh, for example, you could do a news story that was that is written in red at, at the recap portion of the game. Um, could be done in the form of a first person narrative. I'll talk about that when we get over the uh, other when we get to the round table. Um, could do it in old timey newscaster's voice. Um, <laughs> so there's like a number of these things that you could do that just like gives the recap a little bit of entertainment, right? Um, often it, you know, you match that to the um, style of the game. So if we're doing a pulp game, then doing, you know, one of those like old timey newscaster voices um, fits really well. If you're doing a cyberpunk game, um, Hell, if you're doing a cyberpunk game and you have a media in your group, right, then like have them file the recap as a news story, you know, like that's their article yeah. for the week kind of thing. Yep. Um, those kinds of things. So they are um, they're cool. They're entertaining. Right. But um, they can just be a bit more work. Right. Because it's it's just more than hitting out a few bullets on a on a list that you're going to go over. Um, and it works better, I think. I, I one there's ways to argue this, but I think it works better if either the players do it or the GM does it like when it's done collaboratively as a group may or may not work. Um, although with some creativity, I bet you can get yeah. it to work, but um, I will oh, say that it's, a, it's, we, it's we, a little easier if one, if somebody's doing it. Yeah. We, we, we had, it. I mean, to be honest, that's when I was running Eberron every week, Chris would come on and read the recap in kind of an old style news, uh, newscaster voice with his, comments and commentary and then schmitty would jump in with a couple of comments and questions and so on but we read the recap we already had it written out so we just read the recap of what was done um and people were often interjecting information but it went pretty fast but it was a lot of fun and um and we never got around to it in the story but one of the subplots that i was working on was i was going to actually have the actual news capture get captures the players had to go ask you rescue this person that had been summarizing their adventures every week yeah never quite got cool. never, never quite got that far but it was still entertaining so uh. bob um i'm sorry did we get to the part where you said you could combine them yep. I thought we had um, no that. we didn't so let me let me let me cover uh, that so um now that we've named a couple different um, people who can do it and two different styles, we can mix and match, right? So we can have stylized, uh, a stylized recap delivered by the GM. We can have a plain uh, recap done by the players, etc. Right? We can have just mix and match um, to your heart's content. 
We'll put it in a blender and see what you come up with. Yeah. Make All it right. weird, man. Make it weird. Yeah. All right. So now that we know about the, the, the types of recaps and stuff, uh, what are the different ways that we can wait? What are, yeah. What are the different ways that we can do them, Jerry? Well, most common recap is done at the very start of the game in person, kind of synchronously. The thing about this type of recap is that it uses some of the game session time. And if you're short on time or think your session is going too long, the recap is going to eat into that time. But the advantage is that since it's happening in real time, the table can be read, it allows you for some uh, corrections, and additional information can be added, and you have follow-up questions, you can kind of clarify what's going on. Yeah. And when we say in person, right, um, that could also be like if you're playing online, you're, right. you know. You're but real, just, real, time, real time is what we're talking about. So. Yeah, synchronously. Yeah. Synchronously is probably the better, the key word there. Um, the other way you can do it is asynchronously. Um, you can send out the recap between sessions, right? Um, in in this method, the recap might be an email. You might be posting it to your game wiki. Could be a recording. Could be a video that you send out. But you send out it to everybody. Expect everybody to review it before the next session. Um, while this is a time saver, um, it lacks your ability to kind of do any of those on-the-fly adjustments um, or answer questions. I mean, you can answer questions when you get back into, you know, face-to-face or, you know, people could post questions to your, you know, could post a question to your post, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, it becomes an additional stream of things that you're going to do um, that's outside of it. And again, you know, just might have follow-ups that are now also asynchronous. Like I post a question to, you know, on the blog and I got to make sure Bob sees the blog so that he can answer it. Maybe he answers it before the session. Maybe he doesn't, that kind of thing. Now, the other, the other pitfall here is depending on how busy your group is, um, this, um, this asynchronous way might be hit or miss. Um, the worst thing that could happen with this kind of, um, with this kind of delivery is that some people in your group outside of the game are too busy to look at it, right? It gets posted up on the you know, campaign wiki, but, um, you know, Bob's got a killer week at work, doesn't have any time to look at the campaign wiki, you know, and arrives at the game without having read, um, have, without having read the update, the recap. Um, that's where you're going to get into problems because now your asynchronous recap um, wasn't delivered. It wasn't received by everybody, which will likely trigger a synchronous recap. Yep. So you, you, this one... I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm saying you really got to know your group. Like, are your is your group the kind of group that's going to absolutely read this if you post it and don't follow up? I don't know the answer to that. You'll know the answer to yep. that. Um, I'm more of a fan of synchronous over asynchronous. There's, yeah. I don't think either one's wrong, but I think you do have to worry about if not everybody reads it. Absolutely. There's a way to combine both. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yep. So... As with anything, there's no there's no right answer, there's no wrong answer, and no YMMV. So, all right, we covered a lot of different stuff. Now we need to discuss what actually goes into that recap. Phil, start us off on what somebody's going to put into their recaps. Yeah, your most basic recap is going to be a summary of facts and events from the previous session. I think it's pretty straightforward. What those facts are are is going to be influenced by the type of game you are playing. And what kind of information is important uh, to that game? So like, for instance, if you're running a mystery game, a recounting of clues that have been discovered and 
going over the assumptions or theories about those clues, that's going to be really important in your recap, right? Because that's going to help get you back up to where you are. If you're playing something like Twilight 2000, um, your recap should contain things like your last location, relevant wound statuses, right? Don't forget, you know, Bob's got a sucking chest wound. Nothing, Bob. Dude, what what kind of chest wound doesn't suck? What kind Come of chest on. wound doesn't suck? But um, bum. What's your supply status? Who you might have fought? Are you being pursued? That kind of thing. Like that's the kind of information that's going to be relevant for a Twilight Two Thousand game. So, what you're playing is going to um, have some influence. Right. But in addition, <clears throat> for the key things in the game, excuse me. In addition to the key things for the game you're playing here, there's some other things you need to consider for your recap. It's a good thing to put in things like names of NPCs, locations that you traveled to, facts you know that will be important in the upcoming session, especially if they're older facts or clues, any special additions to the group like an NPC or a magic item or some sort of plot point, and of course, any important wounds or deaths should still be recapped when you do your, your initial recap for the game. You want to keep all this in front of everybody so they know what's going on so that when they jump into the actual role-playing game, they have it all in front of them. They don't have to go look it up afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So before we head to break, what general tips do we have for doing recaps, Jerry? All right. Let's finish this segment off with a list of general tips. Mr. Mark Productions is going to have a list coming up here, and that list is in no particular order. It is completely incomplete. However, these are in no order, so enjoy our recaps. Here are some tips. Phil? Yep, good recap should be proportional to the length of the previous session um, played and how much progress you made in that session, right? So if you're playing like, you know, once a month and you're playing eight hours and, you know, you know, next month when you do your recap might need to, it might need to be a little beefy. But if you're only playing like two hours, like probably doesn't, you know, two hours every week probably doesn't need to be um, that elaborate or that deep. Second, you should end your recap with where the players are and their current situations, you can smoothly transition in that, into that start of play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you are doing a stylized recap, uh, make sure you have time allotted for this. Like if you are the GM and you have decided to do a stylized recap, um, be aware of the additional prep time you're putting onto your game. Um, depending on what style you're doing, um, that's going to be a little bit of time or, you know, more time. Like if you're writing, if you're just writing it out, that's one thing, but if you're like super ambitious and you've, you know, you've produced a um, audio summary from the recording of your game, like take into account, you know, each uh, in your prep cycle, how much time that's going to use. Because if you start to get crunched on doing the stylized recap, either one, you will drop it or two, you're going to resent how the, how, like how it's eating into the rest of your prep time. So just know, like, like, Know what it's going to take to get your stylized prep, you know, ready or stylized recap, like ready to go. Yeah. All right. Next, your recap detail is going to be a function of how much information your game has to manage. In a simple dungeon crawl with a few plot twists, you don't need much recap. But if you have a game of complex conspiracies or detailed role playing or messy drama, you may need more information to be put out each week. And so you might have to plan a little bit more time for your recap. Yeah, my recap for DCC is very different than our recap for uh, Knights Black Agents. Exactly. <laughs> um, you don't have to stick to one kind of recap. Um, you're free to change it up as needed, right? So perhaps um, perhaps the players do a recap uh, during the story. Like, in the, you know, as, as you're doing sessions during a single story, um, 
the players do recaps, but when you switch between stories, the GM does re- like a more elaborate recap of, you know, the whole previous story kind of thing. Um, you can, you know, maybe you most often do plain recaps, but maybe between arcs, you do a big stylized recap, right? Like the flourish of that letter on the beginning of a chapter, or, you know, section in a book, like don't feel like you can only do one of these. Like you don't, don't, you don't have to pick it and you're not yeah. married to it. Or you do like the opening crawl of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, to kick off a new story arc, right? Like, yeah, yeah yep. absolutely. Now, you can also share the recap responsibilities. Uh, no one person is responsible for the recaps. And if you do rotate them, make it clear who's going to be doing it at the start of the current session so that part, that person responsible knows how to take good notes. And this comes up, uh, we've seen this, for example, in our Knights Black Agents game. Um, every week, Glenn takes all the notes that everybody else has put in there and makes sure that the mural board is actually updated and somewhat coherent. Whereas during the game, I'm just typing notes in furiously, often partial notes and so on that we fill in later on. And Jim also takes notes and sometimes adds things in for us. When it comes time for the next week's recap, we have all that information organized properly. And then Phil can just go in there and read through the basics and we can just ask questions real quick. And our nice black agents recap can sometimes be five minutes or less. I don't even act. I don't even write a recap. Like I just open up the mirror board on Mm -hmm. the TV and I'm just like, okay, like last session. And we just like talk about a couple of the, you know, bullets up there. And I'm like, all right, everybody good. Anybody have any questions about any of the one up there? Cool. Let's roll. Um, It's cool. The mirror board manages a lot of information for us. Highly recommend a white digital whiteboard. If you are playing, we could talk about that at another time, but that's information management, which is different than recaps, but Information management's also another. Um, yeah, but Bob, that, but that, but that bring is, out a yeah. pin. Bring yes. out a pin, my friend. Information management is a future episode we will do. But that information management definitely uh, steers or informs how our recap works. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because with that recap, um, because with that 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 information management the way it is, we can keep moving things on, and because it's an active uh, system it takes less time to uh, recap because we've got all the information there. And because it's a live mural board, even while you're playing and taking notes, as people are adding things to it, everybody can look up and see it. So it saves time for the next recap because they've already got it there. And when you put that mural board up on the TV screen, we can all look at it while you're in your notes together. So that when you go over your recap, we already have an idea of what we want to ask and what clarif- clarifications we need. And so they are paired together there. It's not just information management and then recap they inform each other and really make it work that much easier so cool excellent Mm -hmm. good um all right so that's that's that one um the longer it has been between sessions the more detail your recap requires yeah so if you if you play weekly you only need a short recap uh because everybody was there last week um you know and you're there, you know, it's, it's only been a week gone by. Most people can kind of remember what happens. Um, but if you wound up with a run of scheduling problems and it's been a month since your last game, uh, you need to bump up the amount of information. Like you need a little more robust recap. Um, also, if somebody missed a game, you might need to like, you know, add a little extra detail to the recap because you're going to have to catch that person up to speed, right. that kind of thing. So, you know, take that into account with your recap is that, um, your time between sessions is going to have a, a effect on that. We play bi-weekly. So for recaps for our games, they need to be a little more robust because basically two weeks has passed and um, a lot of things happen. 
um, between games. And we don't have a lot of um, between game chatter. That would be another factor to take into this. If you have a lot of between game chatter, you don't actually have to have as much um, recap detail because the game is staying kind of fresh in everybody's um, forebrain. But um, if you don't have a lot of uh, between game chatter, then uh, things leave and you got to like fill it back up with the recap. Exactly it. So that's our look at recaps. We're going to take a break and check in with the chat room. But before we do, Bob is going to tell us about another show on the Mr. Mark podcast, her network. There we go. One of them. One of them. Both. Uh, all right. So bonus experiences are, uh, is our show for tonight. Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity, while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. Bonus experience. Check them out. All right, chat room. They have been uh, enraptured by our uh, by our content so far. Can't tell. I can never know if that's a good sign or not. <laughs> Usually it's pretty good, but... Enraptured, bored, hard yeah. to tell. Yeah, Kevin Lovecraft um, made a post that said, uh, please refer to the wiki entry for our last session star citation required. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about how I did something similar to that back when I used to run games and I used Yahoo groups as our group connection thing. Sure. Uh, I did a game with that. I did a game mm-hmm. with Yahoo, Yahoo mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm fascinated that I just, as an aside, before we jump in, I'm fascinated with um, the fact that they're going to make a remake of um, Firestarter. Fire and to go back to my statement at the beginning of the um, thing, which when I couldn't remember the actor's name, um, George C. Scott plays ah. the character, John Rainbird which was the CIA guy who's trying to get close to Charlie um, and ultimately wants to kill her. Um, And um, in the 2022 uh, version, um, Michael gray eyes is going to play um, is going to play Rainbird. That's that's good that they're not doing cultural appropriation this time. Yeah. (laughs) Let's put an indigenous person in a role. That's that's made. That was actually, yes. Yes. Um, I read so my my thing with Firestarter was is that um, when I was a kid I got I was um, I don't know why I, why I, I don't know why it caught me maybe it's because you know it's just a story about a nice mutant girl um, but I uh, one summer read that novel uh, before the movie came out I, I read it um, while I was traveling around the U.S. and at one point I was on a car ride with my grandfather from Texas to Michigan. And um, could not put the book down and was getting yelled at him, yelled at him, yelled by him the whole way because I wasn't looking out the window and appreciating um, yeah. all of the scenery, which let me tell you is a lot of cornfields, a lot of cornfields on that route. Um, mm-hmm. But I could not put the book down. And then the movie came out and I was um, mostly okay with the movie. I think it was maybe my first experience as a kid of learning the difference between the book and the movie. Yeah. Um, so I was a little like, mm. but also it was um, Gertie from uh, ET. So, you know, um, yeah. I mean, it's Drew Barrymore, right? So um, it was cool. I liked it. So I'm interested, like normally, you know, I just roll my eyes at remakes, but I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. I'm going to go look at a preview or two. Like I might, I don't think I'm going to run to the theater to see this movie, but I'm pretty sure I'll catch it when it's streaming. Like, yep. Yep. I, I wouldn't read the theater to see it, but I'm definitely interested. I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of, of a lot of Stephen King's earlier stuff. Um, I, I like 
horror stories with monsters and stuff in them. I'm less interested in horror stories that are just about um, a character who's, you know, violent, you know, homicidally in, uh, disturbed or something like that. So Firestarter is, like you said, fire mutants, you know. Um, the Dead Zone I liked. I liked all the early stuff. And, uh, I guess once you get past misery, it's tough to do any movie about somebody who's uh, a little unhinged and do it right. Yeah, that 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 movie will still always haunt me in a good oh, way. Oh boy, I'm I will never. Yeah. I would. I saw that movie. I was ne- I was not okay afterwards. I was like <laughs> really. Yeah, you know, like you know, I always say, you know, all fandoms are ter- terrible, right? Like that's yeah. the poster. <laughs> that's the poster woman for all fandoms are terrible. Uh-huh. Um, All right, before we go too deep yeah. into the tangents, I'm going to bring us back yeah. around and do the roundtable. <laughs> so we are going to jump back in with question number one, Phil. Oh, sure. Um, what is a game that you've had either a really good experience with or a really bad experience when it comes to recaps? Um, I'm going to start off by talking about when I ran Pathfinder for the first time. And I ran it for a group of players at a hobby shop. Um, only a few of the players knew each other. I had a Yahoo group set up and the party had adopted um, a witch and they liked having her in the party. They took turns playing her as a, she was an NPC, but they'd, we'd passed, somebody had given me a, a Harry Potter owl bookmark thing. And we just passed it around. Whoever had the owl was, was speaking in character for Esley at the time. And between sessions, I would do a recap for the game where I would have her diary where she would be talking about what she experienced, who she saw in the party, comments that players made in character for her and that kind of thing. Um, And then the other players would add comments to her diary as well um, in character, which gave a lot of people a chance to, to write their thing, but it became a running recap. And then I would print out the page for that. We can bring it to the table and we'd quickly read through it and I'd hand it out so they could refer to it back and forth. I mean, this is the day before tablets were really big, Um, but uh, it was just a lot of fun to do. Um, I also gave players, you, you could get a couple extra experience points by actually adding to the uh, the actual diary. So actually participating and taking notes during the game made, made a difference. Um, and I did that because it kept me from having to keep track of all the notes because uh, the players were often wandering off in directions I wasn't expecting. And so I was coming up with names of people on the fly all the time. You know, they'd, they'd want to know the name of the bartender's daughter's dog. And I'm like, all right, it's such and such. Somebody would write that down and put it in the notes for us later on. So we had it to refer back to. Um, it just worked very, very well because it gave us um, something we could refer back to. We could every week we come back with, "Hey, here's Esley's diary." And because almost everybody was participating in it, they were also reading it between sessions, and so it gave us a reason to keep the recap short, but um, kept them uh, interacting with it and got them involved in role playing in a way that I wasn't expecting because I had a lot of new players in this group. This was about half the players that were playing um, had never played a role playing game before, except for something like world of Warcraft. Um, so they they were coming into it with a different mindset and getting into writing about their character and having their character's personality. Cause obviously when they were writing, they were talking mostly about what their character was doing, which is fine. That's good. Um, but we ended up, that was the recap was, was the diary of, of, of Esley. And it just worked well to keep things in place. And I would go back in and I would correct if they got somebody's name wrong, I would correct it. Um, and if they missed a clue, I would just have Esley mention it. You know, if there was a plot point and the players just did not talk to the baker when they needed to talk to the baker, and I did not want to have them go all the way back to town to find that one clue, Esley talked to the baker and she would just mention it and comment, Hey, by the way, the baker told me X. 
and that was that. Um, so it did a dual thing of recapping the previous session, but also giving them the clues they needed. Um, and there were times when things were really important that I would just bold face them in, in the text so that when they would look at the, look at the recap, like, oh, we should pay attention to this. Jerry bold faced it kind of thing. Because um, <laughs> sometimes you got to give your players a nudge, especially with new players. Yeah. So that was it. It worked. It, it just worked very well. I, I, I actually enjoyed using Yahoo groups. Um, I don't know anything else that, that works or acts like Yahoo groups did. Um, and, uh, I haven't done anything since nowadays we use uh, Google, Google docs and it works fairly well, same way, Bob. Yeah. So Phil's going to talk about my favorite, um, positive experience <laughs> with recaps. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, going, going, uh, uh, on my own, um, thoughts, I can't come up with any actual specifics, but I am positive that there have been many, many games over the course of the years where we did horrible jobs of remembering what happened from session to session. And we would sit and go back and forth around the table like, no, we, we did that. No, that was the other guy who did that. No. And we would go back and forth for 15, 20 minutes just trying to hash out what the hell was going on. Guaranteed we had many night like that with many games. Because, I, I mean, with the sheer volume of games that I've played, I know I know there's a couple of groups that would definitely have been that bad at remembering that stuff and just never thought of sitting and making a, an actual structured recap to give to people. So that would be mine. Phil? So we shared we share this one. Um, in, my, um, in the Iron Heroes game that I ran for Bob and for others, um, I had taken a... Uh, I didn't do it at first. It was probably some, oh, it was probably early in the campaign, but it wasn't like, it wasn't day one in the campaign. Um, but it happened like, it happened like, I don't know, maybe like four or five sessions in. And then I think pretty much stayed until the end of the game. Um, and even a little bit afterwards, because I think I did some um, fiction afterwards. But what I wound up doing for the recaps was um, I started them, I started doing these narrative recaps. And in the beginning, I just did them from like whatever bystander had seen what was going on. And they were um, they were always about the heroes. I mean, these characters and Iron Heroes were um, Paragon kind of heroes. So there was a lot of, you know, people would be in awe of the, you know, the martial prowess of these guys, the, you know, their heroism, things like that. Um, and I would just do them up as like, you know, this, um, you know, uh, guy herding sheep sees these guys like raid, you know, a building and then see a big fight or whatever and write about it. And then partway through the campaign, I had introduced a GMPC. A couple of players wanted to change out characters and we needed one more martial character to kind of um, meet shield for the group. And I literally uh, made a, um, in Iron Heroes terms, a man at arms. He was a uh, shield and trident fighter. Um, designed to just um, to help protect and take a pounding. I like to call that the stab and slab. Yeah, he was stab and slab. All right. Um, and um, the interesting thing about him was he was um, he had been undead for 700 years. And then Bob's character through a miracle restored him to life. Um, so he now lived 700 years later. And so he had, um, he was a really interesting character. We talk about him separately, but one of the things he would do, um, I started using him as the narrator for the recaps because he was traveling with the group and it was much easier to use him because he saw everything that was going on. 
he would write letters to his past wife. Um, and in, and in the religion of that game, it was believed that if you took letters and burned them, that the smoke traveled up to the heavens, um, and carried your message to, um, to the dead. So he would chronicle everything that was happening and he would write these re he wrote these recaps, like as he, as if he was talking to his wife, traveling with these men, um, that he was 700 years older than, um, and they were young, they were all really young and, you know, just commenting on them, um, and their heroics and things like that. And they were super fun to write, but they were, and this is where that tip comes from for allocating time. Um, I spent a lot of time prepping that game. Like yeah. once we get to higher level, Iron Heroes required like a, I mean, fights were hours long and needed, you know, set dressing and all that stuff and um, huge ass stat blocks and all that. But I would um, allocate, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes worth of time each, uh, each um, session, not session prep during the prep cycle to write those recaps. And I've dug out the notes and went back um, and flipped through them. And they read great. Like I yeah. go, I don't always remember everything that happened in the session, but I go back and read the recaps and I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like those are, you know, like those were the characters. It was, I don't know. I probably will never run a fantasy game. Um, I can't say never up to this point in my tenure as a GM. I don't think I've run a more epic um, fantasy game in terms of like scope of story, um, how big the heroes were the stakes, all of that stuff. Like it was, it was yep. pretty epic, but I loved writing. Um, I loved writing those recaps. And then I would read them to everybody at the start of the, um, at the start of the session, usually with like a little um, instrumental man of war or something behind us. Right. Like there was a there lot, was a of, lot man of, of man of war and other bands that did like what we like to call warrior metal. Yes. Your iced earth, your man of war. Um, Guardian. Yes, Blind Guardian. Yeah, there was a lot of that in the uh, yeah. in the Good in the times. game. Cool, uh, right. Jer. What's our next right. question? Next question is: When it comes to who does recaps, what is your preference for who gives them? Yeah, so either way is fine, whether it's players or GM, as long as it's not me or somebody wrote it for me to read it, because I'm shit at taking notes. So <laughs> if I'm gonna give the recap. I need the stuff fed to me so I can just channel it through <laughs> and spit it out. Because I, here's my thing. If I'm paying attention to something, I can't take notes. And if I'm taking notes, I'm not paying attention. So that's, that was huge for me in school. If somebody was given a class or a lecture or something like that, and I stopped and I started writing down a, a point, they moved on to something else and I missed it because I literally cannot hear what they're saying while my brain is going, write this down, da 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 like that, my brain doesn't work that way. So if I have to take notes, it's like you have to literally shut up and stop talking. Let me write down the point that needs to get written down and then proceed. Otherwise, I'll miss it. <laughs> and that doesn't work very well. Yeah, no, that's I mean, it's good to know that you're, you know, that you're not the, you know, you're not going to be the, you're the recap or notes guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's good to just be able to state those things up front. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I have over the years. So in the, in the past, like 10 years ago, um, I did try like having the group do recaps and then got like super frustrated. Um, which is not to say the players can't do recaps, but the group I was playing in 
did not do recaps well. Um, and I started getting super frustrated with it. So I just started doing them myself and then have never really let go of that. Um, and I feel like I probably could. I don't think I need to do it with my current groups quite as much. Um, but I was very much the um, frustrated. And we'll talk about it in the third question because um, I had concerns about recaps and um, the control freak in me was just like, well, if I do them, I can make sure they're done the way I want them, which is not always the, it's not always needed. It's not always the best approach. Uh, I think it, I think there are times, and again, this goes back to everything that we were saying before the break, when it comes to the information, the management of it, how much information, how much detail do you need and stuff like that. I think there's absolutely times where GM should be like, don't worry, everybody, I'll take care of the recap there's a lot going on or, Hey, let's do, let's do an interactive recap and work together on it. Um, and then I think there's other games where I have done recaps where I absolutely didn't need to, the player should have just been doing them. Like I didn't need to be the one doing the recap. So, um, but yeah, my preference is almost always uh, GM and I should back off on it a little. Like I should, I should relax and, and uh, hand it off. Let everybody else do it. Either way. Yeah, go ahead, my thing is, I like written recaps. I like it when the players write it and the GM adds to it, and we get back and forth. Um, I I just enjoy them. I, what I like about written recaps uh, that are done before the game is that you can sit down as a player and read them ahead of time and come into them. As a GM, I can read them ahead of time and bring myself back up to stuff with what the players know. Um, and then when we sit down to talk, I like it to be a shared experience with it. The GM adds some things, the players add some things. It takes a little bit more time, but I like the, the, the back and forth. And um, when you've got the players, the GM, both recapping together, I think it also gets everybody back into the, the role-playing mindset um, a little bit quicker. Because we can sit down and it's one thing to sit down and have the GM or another player read out the notes of what's going on. But if we're all doing it together, we're a good group tends to get in character a little bit um, and you get comments like what happened this week, which was, um, you know, well, our, our goal is to, um, to track down the information and figure out what the vampire does. Our goal really isn't to kill the vampire is to find out what he's doing, except for Bob's character. Bob's character wants to kill the vampire. And then Bob jumped in with a snarky comment about it. And that was yeah. part of the recap, but it, it brought us back into, you know, reminded us that, Bob's the Slayer. He wants to kill vampires. And it was a way to role play our way into the story before they even started yet. And so I like that give, him, that, that give and take when it comes through. Um, I don't mind GM recaps and I don't mind player recaps, but my favorite is when everybody's doing it together. Hmm. Um, and uh, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Collaborative recap. Mm -hmm. That's my so favorite. do you think with the, with the combination, do you think with the written recap and then the group recap, it goes quicker? Like, do you do only questions based on the recap? Like, did everybody read the recap? Anybody have any questions or do you guys like actually go over the written recap? Depends on how it's done. When I did the Eberron game, um, we'd get together. We were, uh, we were doing a lot of it on zoom for a while. We get together on zoom. We do our normal back and forth chatter. And then we'd start the game with Chris bringing up the recap and that I had that, that, that I'd written and he'd written and other people had added to, and then he would read through it in his, in his announcer voice. And once he started his announcer voice, that was kind of the game has started. And he would read through it and he would pretty much read word for word what we wrote. Um, he'd add his own little comments in, you know, sometimes he'd make asides. Sometimes the other players would make asides in character. Um, 
And by the time we were summarizing what had happened the last week, um, we'd be done with it. It would take two minutes, three minutes, maybe, um, because it wasn't a long recap. You know, we, it, was, it was D&D, so we didn't quite as, do as much role play. There was a lot of combat and stuff like that that occurred. Um, and uh, the, other, the other thing that, that, that worked with it was because it went quickly and people were asking questions, um, they were also able to quickly pull the information out that they wanted and ask me a couple of their questions. Like, you know, okay, um, you know, do we have this information here or did you add that character to the Dramatis Personae list or whatever? Um, we had a separate document of just names of characters that were, that were in the, this session or that session and who they were and what they did. And I would take just my notes and put them in. If they met that character, I put that character's name and information in there or sometimes they would add it in there. But anyway, um, it made it go quicker because of that because we already had it written out in kind of prose style already it was meant to be read the recap was the way we were writing the recap is um when either chris or i would go in and just add notes or or or, or outlines we would just add information and then go back and edit it during the during the two-week gap so that it was actually readable as, as prose hmm. which didn't take that much time and of course chris being a writer and me having some writing background it was easy enough to just go in and edit edit it back out again but we wrote it to be read out loud. Cool. And so, and so, um, kind, kind of like a set of notes for a show or podcast that are meant to be read. You know, you start with just the idea, and then you go back real quick and make it readable. Um, and when you've got multiple people doing it, it doesn't take long to do, and everybody has fun with it. Um, so, anyway, that's what we did, and it, it just it seemed to roll really well. Um, we kind of do that for Chris's present campaign. Um, I take notes during the game and I go back in after I take the notes when it's not my turn and I'm just listening to everybody else. I'll just sit there and go back in and re-edit what I, what I typed as a note to make it more legible. Um, so sometimes these, this is this recap for next week is being written this week, just like the ox game. I'm taking notes during the ox game all the time and I'm editing as we talk, as we go through so that we've got that, as you mentioned things, I put them in there. So we've got that available for our next recap. Yeah, I feel like with the Ox game, I should just turn over recaps to you guys. Like, it seems like you guys have enough, like, um, information going. That except, I don't... We, except we miss things. We miss, we miss things. Um, so it might be good for you to look at our notes before the game and just let us know if we missed anything in there. Because <laughs> I know I've said, I know I've said things in there like, you know, um, I've used a name or a plan. I'm like, oh, no, I got that completely wrong. That's not the correct name. So... Or do you go in and look at my my recap notes beforehand? No, I actually forget to go back and look during the, like, between sessions and stuff. Um, normally, I have, like... You have ooh. a ton of other shit to do during the week, so... I, well, I mean, you and prepping the game usually requires a um, a bit of work, but no, we should figure out a way. Maybe the, I mean, maybe the easier way for that, for that to run is for you guys to jot notes, put the... Um, put the recap together and then I'll just zip through it and see if there's anything missing that needs um, embellishment with, with games that I've had, Rob and a player that's the GM did. They took our notes and then went through and made edits. Yeah. Um, and as a GM, when I was running Eberron, the, the funniest part was when I would write a recap and then come back two days later and go in there and go, wait a minute, I didn't write that. You know, um, I would write, you know, like, and then the Baron did X. I come back in and find out somebody written, and then the sleazy noble, that lying son of a bitch, did act like, okay, I didn't put that in there, but good. Well, that tells me something about how the players feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. It's good. Uh, you know, uh, or I would just make a comment about. Well, there was also a good. One of the running gags was that um, Smitty's character was 
Safira, the consulting detective. So every time we mentioned Safira's name, you had to go Safira, and everybody would chime in. The, the consulting, consulting detective. That's uh, funny. So yeah. in the show note or in in the recap, every time you type the word Safira, somebody would go in there in parentheses, type in the consulting detective. So that when we were reading the recap, every time their name came up, so it just became an ongoing yeah. thing that 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 helped to again that kind of running joke helped to bring everybody into character and get people in the mood for what we're doing here. Take take everybody out of whatever hellscape we were living in in the middle of a pandemic and bring them back to the gate. All right. Yeah, that's good. There you go. That, that's my thought. Cool. All right. Well, question number three then. Mm-hmm. As players and GMs, what is your main focus for what should be in a recap? Yeah. So um, as a GM, uh, the thing that I'm the most concerned about in uh as a gm is that we get the facts right that are going to be important in the upcoming session right so if i'm trying to pull off a big reveal or something like that um i need to make sure like i've had reveals go um flat because uh people just don't remember that like two sessions ago or the previous session that this thing happened and then you're like reveal and people are like huh and then you're like you remember the guy Oh, the guy. Yes. Oh, that bastard, (laughs) which is okay, but it's not as good as like when you reveal it and people are like, oh, fuck that guy. Right. And that's the um, so I am very much like that's where I like to have a hand in it as a GM, because I need like I want to make sure like if we haven't talked about this NPC for a while, I need to get him into the um, into the recap kind of thing. You know, very much that case like previously on. And then, like, you know, like, wow, why did they go back three episodes and show this character? Uh, you know, He's that kind of thing. He's coming back. He's coming back. Yep. Um, as a player, um, as a player, I think when it comes to recaps, the thing I need is just like a good, um, it doesn't need to be super detailed. I need just enough things that happened to get my brain started back into the, um, back into the session i often keep my own notes uh, when we play like but but like bob when i'm run like when i'm um when i'm playing if i'm playing talking combat or whatever i'm not taking notes um so i tend to take notes in between like when it's like when the spotlight's not on me kind of thing so i have some notes but they're never great notes and uh i just need the gm or whoever's preparing the recap to just give me some high level bullets of what happened like oh you went out into the junkyard and there was a thing and i'm like okay yeah yeah that's starting to like then i'm looking at my notes and i'm like mm-hmm, okay yeah yeah right okay and then i'm good like i just need enough to get my brain um back to remembering the story and ready to enter the game space cool jerry what you got okay well it depends on for players um i want to have i think it's important that we have names locations significant events plans plot hooks um put some comments in there about what we want to do you know the players discussed doing x or you know parson mentioned he wanted to do y you know keep that in there so we've got that because it's also a note to the gm as well um a good recap should also be helpful to the gm and as a gm when i'm playing i like to see what the players add in what kind of comments they make um but as a player myself like the players uh should have in their the names of the people they talked to, the locations they went to, significant events, plans, plots, and 
one of the things as a player when I'm playing is if another player is taking actions, I'm trying to take notes on who they're doing, who they're talking to and what they're doing and so on so that they don't have to, you know, like I keep forgetting the name of Elf's brother. That's why I always ask you, what's it? You say your brother. And I'm like, what's his brother's name again? And you tell me, and I type it into the notes real quick so I don't forget it, that kind of thing. But as a player, I think that there are things that we, that, that's important for us to keep track of, especially things that are important to us. You know, if we get along well with the bartender, we should take the bartender's name down and keep it in place, that sort of thing. Um, so that's what I like to see. As a GM, I want to put in all the things like you said, that I want them missing details, plot points, um, information that they discover, especially if they don't make note of it. You know, they discovered the ancient goblin king. Somebody, they mentioned, the players mentioned, oh, and then we went to that goblin pyramid. And the GM, meant, as a GM, I'm going to put in there, you know, the players found the ancient goblin pyramid of, you know, Axelrod. And, you know, which they remember and discovered was over 2,000 years old, but seemed to have a fresh door on it. To, you know, add those details back in. Clues that they discovered that they forgot to put on there that we think are important. Um, like you said, it's a good way to remind the players of things that are going to be coming up. Um, and that's pretty much it. I, I want to get that in there. Um, and even sometimes in the recap, I'll ask as a GM, I'll ask a question in the recap, you know, but do they really know where they're going? Whatever, something like that. Uh, kind of prompt them in a, in a particular direction if I, if I feel like they need to have some direction. And some of the playing groups I've done in the past have needed a lot of direction. Um, just because they don't, they don't have a, a firm leader or, or, or anything on that line. So that's what I like to see. And there's a crossover there. You know, as a GM, I'm going to put in the names and things. As a player, if there's a plot point I know about, I'm going to mention it. Or if there's or if there's information that I thought was important as a player, I'm going to put it in there. Which can be interesting if it's actually useless information. But if it's something that as a player I put in and make note of, or one of the other players was spending a lot of time getting into learning, you know, who wrote this, who wrote this magical book and what was their name? I'm going to put all that in there because sometimes the GM is making this shit up on the fly. And if we can put it in there, then the GM has that available to go back to also. Yeah. I mean, I will say from a note taking point of view that if I am, uh, the more I'm ad libbing, mm -hmm. the more I am writing notes on my index cards. Yep. Because I like desperately need to be like, I need to document what happened here because I don't have any prep that's covering this. Yep. Uh, and that's okay. Um, I kind of got into that habit when I was running V&V at college because, as, as, and I've mentioned this several times, I had two players who took meticulous notes. If I said, if, if as a GM, I gave them any information at all, one of the two of them was taking notes. They would know the hair color of, <laughs> if I described, like, yeah. And then, the, you know, and well, who's there? You know, who's there? I go back to this because it happened. They had to go talk to somebody in jail and the bad guy escaped. And the players wanted to know, who their previous cellmates had been. <laughs> I didn't have that shit down. So I was just making shit up and they went to talk to them. And I'm like, and as a jail, I'm like, well, this is a good place to give them information, you know, because uh, they're not running the clues in the direction I want them to, but they're trying to find clues. I'll give them the clues over here instead. Yeah. So they had, and so they started asking names and things like that. And I'm just describing these, you know, what do they look like? They look like this. And one of the players I didn't know was taking all these meticulous notes so that two weeks later, I get this list of all these NPCs they encountered, descriptions and histories on them that I had mentioned. And I'm like, well, now, these are all going to show up again, you know. Um, but it was nice to have that kind of thing when, you, when, you're, when you're doing that. And then um, I had other players later on who would take good notes and, and keep track of things for me and hand me pages of notes back before I was doing online, online running commentary. So anyway, 
I just find that that recap can be both. I guess what I'm saying is that recap can be both a useful way to bring everybody back into the game and a useful living document to refer back to as you go. Because um, once the players are an hour into the game, if they can go back and look at the recap that the GM read to them from, they can go back and see what was that character's name and bring it up so that the GM doesn't have to remind them. And I'll be honest, as a GM, I love it when players are repeating back information that I gave them because it feels good to know that the players are enjoying it, paying attention, and kind of doing that love letter back to us by showing, hey, this was important to us for having a good time. Yeah. Which brings us back to GM player feedback. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Bob, your turn. <laughs> yeah, so as a player, a lot of this is going to cross over for, for your answers. Uh-huh. Um, but as a player, I want that refresher of where the characters are right now, especially if they were in the middle of something at the end of the previous session. Um, and then I want like some bullet points of important items that came up. Um, you know, here's the clue you got, and here's the 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 name of the the person that you met, and this and that. Yeah. Um, from a GM perspective, if I'm running a game, I would love to have the players do the recaps so that I can get that uh, that feel for where their minds are, where their focus is, the things that they're keying on you know where does that match up with where i'm i'm structuring the session where does that match up with with things that that they're interested in because that gives you that feed that extra feedback that's it's that's not specifically offered but in a way you know uh, they're giving it to you anyway so it's like oh they seem to be really keying on that bartender hmm all right Mm -hmm. what was i what was i doing with them i think i may switch that up a little bit <clears throat> Let's yep. make that person a little more a little more important to the story than what uh, what originally was uh, planned. So I had the kind of thing that I would like from uh, as a GM to have the players give me that. I like that a lot. I've I've always liked when as a player I like it when a NPC that we showed some interest in actually either becomes important or at least becomes a good source we can go back to, um, and it gives us a reason to to care about the NPCs. I mean, not that we play bad guys running around trying to kill everything all the time, but there's yeah. a difference between, there's a difference between, um, oh yeah, that's the bartender we met that one time. And Hey, that's Tawny. Nobody fucks with Tawny. They just gave us some information. <laughs> um, and hopefully the GM will, will, will use that to kind of bring us around for stuff. Um, I think about the neighborhood in Chris's Brown campaign we played in where there were a dozen people in that area that we talked to occasionally and, and got information from and occasionally gave us plot hooks and all that. And the ones we paid attention to became more important to us and we played them. So I like that. Cool. All right. Well, that was our look at recaps. Yeah. We hope that as you recap your current or future games, that you find some of this information to be helpful. All right. We are uh, going to take a look at the chat room, which actually is uh Again, not uh, not providing any any questions or anything like that at the moment. They are uh, fixed on our conversation and uh, and fully engaged, fully engaged to the point where they could not write anything in the chat room. So I take that as a good let sign. Us, let's it's proceed a good to night. the conversation corner. So we're just going to bounce right to the conversation corner. All right. So I have mentioned before how I was watching uh, Schitt's Creek on my uh, um, short breaks for like lunch and stuff like that. And uh, I finished it up. 
six seasons uh, of half-hour half episodes. And, uh, man, that show is so well put together. Totally not what I was expecting when I sat down to start watching it. And it is so full of heart and character growth and development that they just you have these people that are completely disconnected from reality because they're so wealthy that they, they, they don't know how regular people live. They just don't know how everything works. And they get thrust into this situation. And by the time the show is over, like you actually kind of care about these people. Like, oh, they've, they've grown so much. They've changed. They've got some perspective. They, you know, they're more grounded. Like there's this whole arc and it's just so well done. So bravo to everybody who, uh, who put that show together. And if you haven't watched it, um, it's not a huge, it's not like trying to catch up on 15 seasons of Supernatural for an hour of an episode. These six seasons of roughly 10 to 12 episodes a season, I think, um, half an hour episode. So 22 minutes, go watch it. It's good stuff. Um, and like I said, the, the only, the only negative that I had about the entire thing is just, I have a personal thing for hating, uh, Chris Elliott, <laughs> just the, that actor just. I just can't stand the guy. So I think there's no, I think I I said this to you before. There's no middle ground on Chris Elliott, right? Comic genius or complete asshole. There are only two buckets you fall into. (laughs) Yep. Um, But he, he does not um, having hated him as much as I did going in that did not detract from enjoyment of the, of the show in in itself. And he's actually a perfect actor for the character that he plays. So um, he's perfect. Good stuff there. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, we had our NBA game over the weekend. Um, had Jerry over to watch the Bandits uh, uh, season finale, which they unfortunately lost. Um, I watched a bunch of the NFL draft because I really enjoy that guy. Like it's kind of dry, but it, you know I find it entertaining. Um, Picard, which um, is uh, ending this week, and I hope they friggin' figure out what the hell they're doing so I can understand what's going on. <laughs> So they need to stick the landing is what you're telling me here? Yeah, they need to stick the landing because the last episode, the penultimate episode of the season, I was like, what, just, what is going on? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, continuing on with Halo, which is not five episodes. Um, there's at least okay. nine. When I looked it up on IMDb at one point, there was only five listed. And hmm. now there's nine listed. And I'm like, oh, you sneaky bastards. You either are putting them in there as they come out. Usually when they when when a show comes out, they, they know how many episodes are going to be in it, and they put that number of episodes in IMDb, even if they don't have the information for them, so that you look and you go, oh, this season's got 12 episodes. Okay, cool. They only had five listed. Now it's up to nine, so it's not as short as I thought it was. And I'm only like three or four in. Um, I've been watching Pacific Rim The Black, which is the animated show on Netflix, which is very entertaining. Uh, and I still actually have to go back and watch the second live action Pacific Rim movie because that it it works off of part of that. Um it's fun. and of course playing it's some more Valheim. Science Gus Christmas fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that's what I've been up to. Chugging along doing my thing. Jerry. I am in the last season of Justified and um it's been an interesting ride. I really enjoyed the first five seasons. I'm enjoying the the sixth season a lot, but the main character takes a very interesting and cynical turn. And making me wonder how this season is going to, how they're going to wrap the whole thing up because um, it's coming to a head. Everything that they've been building on for the last six seasons comes to a head, which is good, but I've just been enjoying it. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Um, everything else. Um, watch Moon Knight. Liked it a lot. 
Uh, Bandit's game with Bob was a lot of fun. Sports, sports with Chris and Bob and Phil is always fun. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I love watching sports with my friends because they explain to me what I'm missing and what's important to watch. And Bob is fun to watch any sports with because he's a little bit passionate about sports. Uh, <laughs> and I'll get out there. Um, nice Black Agents was excellent. Picard, I have no idea. I'm just going to leave it at that. I just no idea what's going on with Picard. Um, and Valheim is a lot of fun. Um, we're back in our second session, our second iteration of Valheim, and we're getting close to the bad guy we never got to fight the first time. And uh, there's a we could go on and on. It's, just, it's been a lot of fun. And it's Bob and I like to get on and just build things. We'll find a spot and just build shit for an entire night. Um, and that's always fun. Phil? Yeah. Um, so my, my one thing this week is uh, the NBA game. Um, so the funny thing is I actually prepped material that we didn't use and ad-libbed all the material that we played. Okay. Um, and NBA is not a game that I ad-lib very much in because uh, there's a lot of information continuity and information management that needs to happen. Uh, but I was feeling it and um, actually had fun ad-libbing uh, a session of NBA uh, that, so what had happened was we have way more clues. There are way more clues out there than in any one session I can write about for prep. And I had prepared for the players cause I thought they were going to do one thing, but again, we don't have a lot of between game chatter. So I kind of need it and we don't have it. So I was kind of going off of, well, I think I know what they're going to do next kind of thing. And then when we got to the table, everybody was like, during the recap, everybody hooked onto one thing. and was like, oh, we should, we should talk to that guy. And I was like, cool. I have nothing for this, like not a thing. And uh, very quickly behind the screen, I pulled out some of the short order hero cards. And um, one of the ones I got, I can't even tell you yet because we haven't even got to it. But anyway, I got like three cards that then prompted me. I was like, oh, think I know what I'm going to do with this guy. And then part ways you guys are collecting clues. I'm like, Oh no, wait, I'm putting a twist on this. And I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this instead. And so I was like building that whole thing up as you guys were playing through it and just making up the clues, um, which again are not things that I normally do for an NBA game for another type of game. 100% would do. So it was actually a lot of fun to do a ad to do a ad-libbed NBA session. I'm I'm one because I I've, I've noticed that NBA does seem to feel like a game where um it it would take a while before the players got some strong direction. We're still early in the mystery part of the game where we're just beginning to figure out who we're actually up against and dealing with. And yeah. and so as a result, I think every because there are times I'm like, okay, We've got a bunch of clues. We don't know which ones to go after. And we're also not trying to get to the clue. You know, okay, we know this information, but we don't know how to get that information from somebody. Um, you know, what do what skills do we have? What can we work with? Um, and I thought you did a good job with it. I'll be honest. I thought you had the whole, I, I did not realize you were ad-libbing the entire uh, Simone plot line as you went through there. That made um, that whole thing, that I made that whole thing up as we were playing. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, just, I'm like, two seconds ahead of you guys as you guys are like filling it in <laughs> uh and i kind of keyed into it towards the end when we were asking questions about the car and um oh well sean did a good so sean did yeah. a good job on that so yeah i wasn't expecting you guys like again i'm ad-libbing all this 
And well, so Sean's like, just, I, exp- just give a give a quick like twenty word description of what's actually happening for the people that are listening. So there was this whistleblower, and it looked like the whistleblower's death was faked. And so Sean, um, who is a driver for the group, is like, so it looked like his he looked like he was in a car accident, and then his death was faked. So Sean's like, I want to take a look at the car with all my expertise in cars to understand what might have happened. And I was like. All right, bang up. Like, that's a fucking great idea. Not even one I had even thought about. Well, again, I'm making this all up as we're going. I definitely don't have anything about the car. And then at the same time, I'm like looking at my notes and I'm like, I got to make some connections here. Like, I got to put enough stuff in this car that gets you guys like to the next um, hop. And then when Sean was like, I'm going to go look in the trunk. At first, I was like, oh, maybe there's a briefcase in there. I'm like, but that's fucking obvious. Like, they would never leave a briefcase in there. And he's like, well, I'm going to look, you know, because there's, you know, often compartments in cars. I'm an expert on cars. And I'm like, yeah, right. Of course. There's like a first aid kit or something. There's a, there's a USB drive hidden in the first aid, kit. like just literally making this shit up as we go. Um, that was, that was, mm-hmm. that was where I, I'm like, there is no way he expected us to look for the first aid kit. Nah. But, but he's putting the clue where we looked. Good job. I'm like, that was excellent. That I, I mean, was I had perfect. to build that whole clue. Cause I'm like, I'm yeah, like, you did. Steven- you did a good job. I'm like, is it even realistic that like the car is going to be there? And I'm like, well, fuck it. Like the car is going to be there. Um, it'll just have been there for a year in this junkyard. Um, oh, like, I just like believable. was quickly, I was quickly yeah. spinning in details and it like, I don't know. And then that's why it's my one thing this week, because I have never done an ad lib NBA session. NBA sessions are usually much more um, regimented <laughs> with details and, clues and you know normally for a scene i have like what the scene is and then i actually have listed out a whole bunch of skills that are like the players like any of the players with the following skills will get the following clues and then i will like freelance like any other questions using other skills but you know like i know what notice gets like i know you know depending on what it is like i have like a bunch of clues lined up i didn't have any of that (laughs) we were (laughs) we just flying so I, I i thought you already had the information that we were going to find on on the flash drive i just thought we weren't looking in the right place so you moved it to wherever the hell we looked like we missed a clue somewhere so phil just did a good job of moving it somewhere else good good job you pulled that off now i just uh, needed to get dots connected and i needed one more i was missing a dot and i needed one more dot and i was like oh this drive will do my my, my favorite clue you gave us um was when Sean made the roll and discovered that the uh, steering wheel was bent forward and gripped. And we were able to discern from that that a vampire had been driving yeah. and, and survived the crash. And that's how we got the clue. Okay, because it looked like somebody was holding onto the steering wheel. The airbag never went off and the steering wheel was bent forward not pressed back into somebody. So whoever was driving this stiff armed the steering wheel hard enough to bend it when they hit, I'm like, and that's when we were all like, oh shit, a vampire was driving and they would survive a car crash. This was a, like, that was perfect. And I real knowing that, I mean, it was just, when that happened, I, and you could see the whole table was like, oh, we got this, we got this. <laughs> so so it was, it, it, it's a really interesting sequence because the first yeah. question was, were th- are there any fingerprints? And I was like, this car's like a year old. I don't think there's any fingerprints anybody's getting off this thing. And then I forget whether it was you or Sean. Somebody said like, well, what about like claw marks or something under the steer, like in the steering wheel, like if like a vampire held it. And I was like, 
oh, I'm like, who's got vampirology? Because forensics wasn't going to give it because Sean didn't have forensics. So there were no clues you could get from forensics. But I'm like, oh, do you have vampirology? He's like, I have vampirology one. I'm like, yes, you find claw marks under the steering wheel and then the steering wheel bent. Yeah. Which was the which was the clue that a vampire was driving, ran the car off the road and the passenger was the guy they were framing. It was fun. It was fun. Anyway, that was my one thing. My everything else. Um, I played some more PGA 2K21. I'm getting much better at this game. Um, I shot 18 under in Sawgrass last night. Um, I have one more, um, one more tour uh, victory to get, and then I get promoted from um, the Scrubs into the PGA. So that's yeah, good because in the PGA you get TPC Sawgrass, man. Yeah. Oh, Sawgrass is great. The um, I think it's like the 17th or the 16th hole is like this um, like it's a par three and it's a fucking island. <clears throat> like you just gotta like that's you gotta fun. hit this you gotta hit this thing and just drop it. Like it can't you like you can't let it bounce or roll. You just gotta like drop the thing flat on the um, green. Anyway, I'm kind of I've been nerding out about like I may actually watch some golf at some point. I've had so much fun playing it. I don't know if I want to go play golf, but I at least like playing it digitally. Um, Crumble cookies. I will put (laughs) on my list. I went to crumble um, for the first time last week. I went again tonight before the show to eat some of my feelings. Very good. Highly recommended. Um, Read more GI Joe, watched more seal team, uh, played long live the queen with the queen. Um, Had a short session of that, but it was fun. Um, so that's uh, that's my week, and uh, with that, um, Bob, I see the name on the list. Yeah. So feel free to take us through the uh, the patron shoutouts. All right. Thank you very very much to patrons Brandon Barnes, Brandon Michael Smith, Brantley Harris, Brian King, Brian Kurtz, Chris Steele, yeah, Cubano, Eileen Barnes. Eric Mengi, and Heptilemma. And thanks to everyone for listening tonight. If you are free on Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. the Queen's time, you're welcome. Come join us live on Twitch where you can chat with the other listeners in the chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. That makes a live show today our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, take a listen to some of the other shows in the Mr. Mark Network, such as They're a Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bone, Stone, and Obsidian, the FM Gamers, Pandas Talking Games, The Gnomecast, Jangu Hustle, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and the incredible back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and the always amazing Gaming and BS. After you have finished your recap and before you kick into your next session, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly uh, via email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. Hit us up on the Twitters for as long as that hellscape holds together. Um, the show in the network is at Misdirected Mark. He is Robert M. Everson. He is GM Gerrymander. I am DNA Phil. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Panda Stocking Games are all at patreon.com slash MMP. Zhengu Hustle is at patreon.com slash Zhengu Hustle. And Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Panda Stocking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, and other special releases. This has been a Mr. Mark production. 
the media arm of Encode Design. Mic drop. Yeah.